What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! You ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. <coughs> Today is Thursday, October the 19th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 951 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, while they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. But man, <laughs> have we got another jam-packed show for you today it's going to be a lot of fun man we have got so many people i don't know how we're going to get them all in but you know what by golly we always do and we're going to today joining me in less than 10 minutes from right now is um she's one of the organizers of the this weekend's paula palooza in pollocksville it's my good friend and she uh, an author humanitarian and awesome uh, rotarian it's uh nancy barbie she's going to be joining us uh paula palooza is uh it's part it's i believe it's her creation if it's not she's definitely been on the ground floor for it it's a, a great festival that's going to be taking place in pollocksville this weekend uh, i will be there uh it's going to be a lot of fun that's in the morning now okay it's from like uh, well, she'll give us all the details about it like i said in less than 10 minutes or so so very very excited about that and uh very honored uh, the brian hanks show going to be a big part of that uh today or not today well uh, on saturday but listen around 20 minutes into this first hour we're going to be joined by our regular tuesday guest but since we didn't have a show on tuesday he is graciously joining us here in our uh, seven o'clock hour here on thursday but he's a news editor of the Carteret County News Times at CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's our NBA and hoops expert, <coughs> Richard Clark. The beginning of the 23-24 NBA season. Can you believe it's only eight days away? That's right, a week from tomorrow. Uh, we're going to get caught up on uh, all the news, uh, and uh, we're going to play ceiling floor with him for the NBA's Pacific Division. And you know how it is when Rich and I start talking, we just talk about a little bit of everything. So uh, the the main thing is going to be about the NBA, but we'll see uh, what other directions we go into. And guys, that's just our first hour. Joining us, uh, we're going to have a, a studio full of folks here in our second hour because uh, joining us live in our plush, well-lit, well-protected studio office thank you down east protection systems uh is going to be our regular thursday guest he joins us in our second hour he's a sales executive to the stars for wrns jason bryant he'll be joining us like i said just he'll be joining us live right here and that's not all also joining us in our studio in our second hour are going to be two of the leaders of this weekend's brad fest in downtown kinston they were with us last week we're going to get caught up more with them as uh, we are talking about being in the short rows, guys, we are two days away from Bradfest. Uh, that goes from 2 to 9 p.m. in downtown Kenton. So, yes, don't don't tell me there's nothing to do here in eastern North Carolina, or specifically even Kenton and Lenore County, Jones County. 
Greene County because uh, you got Palapalooza in Pollocksville. Uh, we've got the uh, the uh, Mother Earth 5K and the Mother Earth Half Marathon that's taking place in Kenston and throughout Kenston, Lenore County uh, in the morning. Then we've got a great music festival, and it looks like it is going to be beautiful this weekend in downtown Kenston for Bradfest. So, uh, man, I hope you don't have anything on your calendar because you've got a lot of stuff to do. And I'm excited, too. My little sister's coming in town, found out she's going to be in a bike race, and uh, she, she uh, rides competitively uh, in uh, mountain bike racing, uh, her and her husband, and they are coming in town. So they're going to be here for Bradfest on Saturday. My little sister, Susan, can't wait to see her and her husband. And, man, it's just going to be a great weekend. I mean, ECU football is at, <clears throat> is at home. We've got it's North Lenore, South Lenore week in football. We're going to talk about that here in just a few moments. And, uh, man, just so much stuff going on. It's, it's almost impossible to keep up with all of it. But, uh, man, <coughs> just excited. Excited about this weekend. Can't wait to see many of you out and about uh, as everything's going to be going on. So, like I said, uh, first hour here, we're going to have uh, Nancy Barbie here in less than five minutes. Uh, Richard Clark in less than 15 minutes and in the second hour. Uh, Jason Bryant and Allie Warnock and Stacy Heath. So, goodness gracious, alive. We've got a lot of stuff going on here on the Brian Hanks Show today. Hey, let's get you caught up with everything. LCC Volleyball last night. Uh, Linda and I went out there for uh, Pink Night, uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Pink Night at uh, the Sportatorium, and just a great time was had by all. Mike Martin went out there. Man, it was just a lot of fun, man. Uh, I, I hated that we missed uh, Ricky Whaling. Yes, Rick, I'm going to give you uh, Ricky. I'm going to give you uh, some love here early. Uh, and, and nothing against Coach uh, Calvin Sutton, who did the uh, PA forum uh, for uh, the Lancers. But, man, I miss, my, I miss my friend Ricky Whaley on the mic. Was really looking forward to hearing him last night. But he's got, got a little case of bronchitis, he was telling me uh, via text message last night. But missed him. But I tell you what, some great volleyball played out there last night. Uh, the the Iron Crew, uh, they only, uh, LCC only had six players, played all six of them throughout, and they swept Lewisburg last night. How about that? Congratulations in three sets. I believe it was 25-20, 25-21, 25-19, I think was the final score there. And just a, a great job by uh, by everybody out there. It was a great night. I mean, it was a full house. I mean, there had to have been a couple hundred folks out uh, maybe even more than that. I mean, Linda, you can help me out with that. Probably 250, 300 people all together. The biggest crowd of the year. Uh, the bottom was complete, just about completely full. And then, uh, uh probably 50, 75 people up in the upper levels too. So a uh, great job there by LCC and just very poignant as a, uh, uh, as they honor those, uh, who have, uh, beat breast cancer and then, uh, recognize those who have lost their battle. And uh, it was just, like I said, a very poignant night and uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the three-game uh, three sweep or three-set sweep by uh, the Lancers. They are now 11-9 and nine overall. Uh, they've got, uh, I think, three more matches left all on the road this year, and then they'll have the playoffs next week. And hopefully uh, we'll get Coach Shelley Barnes back up next week as they are getting ready for the Region 10 tournament. And it looks like what she was telling me last night, it is very possible – that uh, LCC, now they're not going to have a home match, but they are. They could be at Pitt Community College for the first round of the Region 10 tournament. If they are, I know uh, Linda and I are going to do our best to get out there, and we'd love, I know they would love to have uh, your support too over at uh, 
at Pitt Community College for that too. So uh, uh, congratulations again to uh, Coach Shelley Barnes, Coach David Barnes, the entire LCC team. Also had a chance to uh, talk to uh, Coach Grantham, uh, Matt Grantham, the uh, LCC men's basketball coach. He's excited. His team is uh, on the verge of starting their season. They've already had a couple. They've had a jamboree. They've uh, had a scrimmage. I know he's got. they've got a couple other scrimmages left before their season begins uh, early next month. So uh, can't wait to have him on here. We're going to have him in here in the studio bringing a, a player or two with him too. So that's going to be neat when we get around to that. But, man, lots of great things happening out at LCC. And why don't I tell you about LCC? Thank you, Linda. Yes, that was a lot of help there. She said there was a lot of people. <sighs> yes, she's right. There were a lot of people out there. Hey, for 65 years, Lenore Community College has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton. To find out how you can change your life today. And again, uh, listen, LCC can help you turn your life around. If you're in a rut, if you're like, man, I don't like my job, I don't like what I'm doing, guess what? You can go to LCC, change everything around, and they would love to help you do that. And th thank you again to uh, Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at LCC for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show. And thank you to all our day one sponsors that LCC is part of. UNC Lenore Healthcare, GoEco Office Automation, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, and Arendelle Parrot Academy. And then all our other sponsors that help bring you the Brian Hanks Show every morning here on 960 AM at BetOnTheBull.com. Down East Protection Systems, Elite Land Management, King's Restaurant, the Kinston Police Department, Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International, Rillo Discount Drugs, Lenore County Public Schools, Lenore Tire and Appliance, and the Down East Wood Ducks. Appreciate every single one of our sponsors. You guys absolutely freaking rock, and uh, hey, we love you. Uh, i tell you what, we need to get Nancy Barbie up here on the phone with us, and that is, uh, and Rick, yeah, yeah, Ricky, you're welcome. He just messaged me. You're welcome for the con words, man. Missed you last night, and again, not denigrating anybody, and uh, Coach Sutton did a uh, good job uh, last night. He did, a, he did an all right job. I think he would even admit that it's just not the same when you don't have Ricky Whaley out there uh, on the mic uh, calling everything out. And because uh, when I think about LCC sports, I or, you know if it's uh, basketball, if it's volleyball, whatever it is, man, I think of Ricky Whaley. But you know what? When I think about Rotary, when I think about Pollocksville, uh, there's one person that comes to mind to me, and that is Nancy Barbie, the incredible. Let's see. Here's how I introduced you earlier, Nancy. I let me pull. I called you a. a, a great author you're a humanitarian and one of the best rotarians i know it's nancy barbie joining me here on our spence automotive guest line this morning how are you doing this morning nancy oh my goodness gracious i i feel honored thank you so much i'm i'm doing great i'm doing great looking forward to um seeing you on saturday and and just having a great time so thanks for having me today brian oh is it is absolutely my honor and i gotta tell you i don't know who came up with the name for this event uh paula palooza but goodness gracious what a great name please tell me that was you 
Well, to be honest, it was. Um, That's awesome. We, we were, we talked about it at, at the town board meetings about having a festival of some sort. And, um, because years ago, the, the fire department put on a, a big fun day. It's what they call it, Policeful Fun Day. And uh, everybody came out. It was a big community affair. And it was wonderful to have, you know, see everyone and have fun and eat some good food and um, buy some goodies and things like that. And But then... Um, as things happen, uh, they stopped doing that. And so we decided after the flood and after Florence came and, and we were sort of, everybody was scattered, that it was time to, to pull the community back together and have a, have a celebration that we survived it. And then we were getting through and, uh, coming back, you know, reclaiming our, our citizenship as, as Pollockvillians. So, um, I said, well, let's, let's do a festival. And, and they said, well, you be in charge of it. I said, yeah, sure. I'll be, I'll be glad to do that. So I put a committee together. I got a great committee and they said, well, what are we going to call it? And all of a sudden the name just popped into my head. I never, I didn't really, I didn't really contemplate. It just came all up a loser. So, um, that's what happened. And, and then we had a wonderful artist in New Bern that uh, was on the committee, uh, last year in, uh, did the, did a graphic for us and has, and we're using that as a theme and we'll continue to use that. So, um, we just, we just had a wonderful time last year and said, let's repeat. So we're going to have, this is to be our second annual, uh, Palapalooza on Saturday. And, and, uh, we, we plan to do it every year and, and grow and grow and grow and get bigger and bigger. Well, I tell you what, I am I am so excited about it. Uh, tell us a little bit about what what people can expect. And I know you you know we've got a festival in Kinston too on uh, Saturday. But I love the way these things are timed out because guess what, Nancy? People can go to both of them. They can go to yours in uh, Pollocksville. Everybody here in Eastern North Carolina. Then you know go uh, get full, eat, enjoy all the great things you guys got out there. That you're going to tell us about here in a moment, and then. Uh, beat feet over to Kenston and enjoy Bradfest too. So I mean, it's just going to be a festful day in Eastern North Carolina on Saturday. You know something? You are exactly right. I love that. I love that. And and I wasn't aware of the one in Kenston. So great, you could tell us about that too when uh, <laughs> uh, what, when when you're here. But um, it, you know, it's hard to pick a date where there's not something happening. Uh, North Carolina, as you well know, and especially Eastern North Carolina, we're happening people, and we like to do things. So. Uh, but we picked a date. We, last year we had it in June, and it was hot. And we got in, we got involved in some other um, in competition with a, the Great River Trent, the Trent River Raft Race in Newburn, and and then uh, Juneteenth. And we decided that maybe that wasn't a good date to have have a festival, so we moved it to October. And uh, of course, there are things happening in October as well. But that's okay. We, we're still going to have a great time, and, and hope people will come. And I'm sure. Uh, we had a good crowd last year, and I think we're expecting a bigger crowd this year. We've got some um, information booths uh, from the county. I invite usually invite all the like Department of Social Services, Department for Children, a Partnership for Children, um, uh, East Carolina Dental School is coming to do dental screenings, um, and we and the Girl Scouts will be there. And uh, just a lot of informational booths that are coming there and things that, that to let people know that we're having uh, what we've got available in the county. 
Uh, we've even got uh, the Council on Aging from the uh, COD from in Newburn coming to, to let people know about uh, resources that they can tap into if, if needed. But then we have vendors too that are that are selling um, selling their wares, and and we have everything from uh, skin products, soap making, uh, book sellers. In fact, I'll be selling my books at the at the um, uh, Palapalooza. The second book has just come out, so I'll be ha- I'll have that on sale as well, uh, and all kinds of things, baked goods. We've got jams, jellies, honeys, um, all kinds of uh, goodies that that people are are selling and um i'm not going to tell you anymore we're going to have some food <laughs> trucks so i don't want to i don't want to spoil everything come on out and, and see what see what's there we'll have a dj with us as well and then of course we've got brian hanks is going to be there i mean what else can you have i mean <laughs> you don't need anything else I, t- I am so excited about this and i appreciate you inviting me to be a part of this i can't wait uh okay you got to tease me with the food because here's what i'm going to tell people don't eat breakfast come hungry and enjoy everything out there correct that's exactly right you come on down here we've got some good old home cooking going on and then we've got (laughs) your your hot dogs your southern hot dogs you know that'll be out there and we've got a local food truck um uh, the murphy seafood and barbecue truck will be there and she's also got sweets and then local 1784 cafe is there with their with their coffee truck, and you can get all kinds of coffees and uh, smoothies and uh, uh, not just hot drinks but also ice drinks too. So yeah, it, we, we're gonna good, have a good time. Don't eat breakfast at home. Come on out, <laughs> enjoy us. Enjoy what we've got out to serve there. You've never really seen me properly caffeinated, Nancy. Uh, That's going to be a lot of fun. Don't put a mic in my hand after I've had a couple of cups of coffee, okay? That's exactly what I'm going to do. (laughs) I'm going to make sure. (laughs) I'm going to make sure that you've got the first cup of coffee, first two or three cups of coffee, and then I'm going to let you go wild. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love it. On the line with us right now, Nancy Barbie, uh, and you brought it up, and it was on my thing. I want to talk about. I bought your first book. We had you on here. I don't remember sometime within the last year. Uh, to promote your uh, book, and it was so cool. It was, it just, it, you're so talented. I mean, I've known you for several years, and when I met you, you were the media specialist, I believe, was it at, well, it was at Parksville. Maysville. Maysville, Maysville. No, it was Maysville, uh-huh, Maysville Elementary School. That, sure, surely, that was years and years and years ago, and um, you came to interview me there because we were doing some exciting things in Maisel with technology. You know, at that particular yep. point in time, technology was new. And, uh, I had, I had a tech, a technology club that, that met at seven o'clock in the morning. I had 15 or 20 kids that would come seven o'clock in the morning just to, to play with computers and learn about, uh, websites and, um, videos. And we, we had in photography and we had a, fantastic time and you came to interview me for that and uh so we, we were having and we we were blogging at that time yep. so people think that blogs and podcasts and all that stuff are new it's not new we've been doing that for years here <laughs> well what i liked about <laughs> and, that what i remember about that the most was and i'm not denigrating you know kenston lenore county green county pitt county anything like that but here in, or there in little maysville was this woman with just, you had an eye on the future. I mean, and you really did. And you were doing stuff then, what was that, 15 years ago, probably, what? In the 2006, oh, yeah, at least. 2007 range, probably, so even longer yeah. than that. 
and you are doing things that people are just are, that are breaking in now and doing it and thinking, like you said, that it's new technology, and you were doing it back then in Jones County. That's exactly right. I mean, um, I've always been very interested in technology and still am, and uh, just love all the new things. And, and, of course, I had some great, great students, too, that kept me a they kept me on my toes. I'm telling you, yeah. they, they, they really kept me on toes and they would read a lot about different things. Can we try this? And can we try that? And if we didn't have it, I'd say, well, we'll get it. And, uh, and, and so we did. And, and then they would, they ran with it. I mean, all I did was introduce and uh, talk to them a little bit and give them some ideas and spur them on. And then they ran with it. We had some great, in fact, I had a woman uh, that, well, she's a grown woman now, but at that particular time she was, designated as maybe not one of the brightest students in the uh, school, but uh, she was dedicated to what she was doing. And now she just graduated with a master's degree. Wow. And so, um, you know, potential is there. I mean, Jones County, we've got potential all coming out of the woodwork and we still do. And, uh, you know, we just had a young woman here that, that um, has made her second film. She's a film director and writer, producer at uh, DeAsia Fulmore from right here in Pollockville. So, um, uh, you know, it's just, just amazing, amazing things that can happen in, in small places. And, um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we like innovation here and, and, uh, we like, we like moving forward. We don't, we don't tell it a lot though. Cause you know, we don't want people invading us too much. You know, so. <laughs> Nancy Barbie <laughs> on the line with us right now. And, uh, I'm sorry, we, we're, we're up against it. But I've got to ask you about your new book, Lessons for Teachers. Like I said, we had you on earlier uh, or a few months ago talking about your first book. And people can purchase this second book. Tell us a little bit about uh, Lessons for Teachers, Reflecting on Why You Teach. Yes, uh, Lessons for Teachers, Reflecting on Why You Teach is a book that I wrote uh, years ago and and just had it published just recently. But it's it's for teachers uh, or anyone that does instruction or anyone that, that, um, that helps other people. Of course, in my mind, I'm an educator and, and taught in the classroom. So in my mind, that's who it was for. But I've, I've found out that it's, it could be for anybody that, that helps other people along. Because when you are teaching and when you're instructing, you're really giving a part of yourself. And um, it's be, something beyond the academics. It's something beyond your material that you're, produ- that you're instructing on. Uh, so it's... it's it's just to remind teachers and remind people that it's important to to uh, share with other people and to instruct other people and to really have compassion for the for the student and compassion for who you're supplying information to and realize that you really are giving a part of yourself and that's important. That's important. That is and awesome. so um, it's, it's, talk just, about, it's sort no, of no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupt you, please. No, it's just motivational and inspirational, I'm hoping. And uh, it's, it's out on Amazon right now. So Amazon uh, Lessons for Teachers, Reflecting on Why You Teach by Nancy Barbie. Just go search it, and it's right there. I will have that on sale at, at the uh, Palapalooza, and I've got QR codes if you want to go uh, order it there. If I run out of books, I hope I run out. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? But I'm there to autograph. I'm there to autograph both books. So I hope people come out and check it out. That is awesome. Listen, if there's anybody that embodies selflessness and serving others, it's you, Nancy. I mean, and that's what I've loved about you since I met you. However many years ago it was. I mean, you are someone that. 
Uh, I mean, it's representative in what you do with Rotary. It's representative in what you do with your life. Listen, I cannot wait to see you. I can't wait to get a big hug. I can't wait to see all the folks, all all my Jones County friends over in Pollocksville. Again, what time does this run on Saturday? It starts at 10 o'clock, and it's at Pollocksville Elementary School. So um, there'll be signs out there to point your way and, and, and come on down to turn right beside the Pollocksville Automotive uh, business and we're right down the down the lane and uh it starts at 10 o'clock and we'll run until about four or if people are still there we'll just stay until everybody fades away but yeah we're there 10 o'clock be there i can't wait to see i'll see you then uh nancy barbie thank you so much i'll see you saturday morning okay sounds great thank you brian there you go that's nancy barbie she is an author she's also the organizer for paula palooza you heard her from 10 to 4 out at uh, Pollocksville, at Pollocksville Elementary School. I, I can't wait to go out there. I'll see you guys out there, but I'll also see you at Bradfest, too. Uh, that is going to be running from 2 to 9. We'll be talking a lot about that in our second hour as we'll have uh, Allie Warnock and uh, and uh, Stacey Hees on to talk about that. Okay, uh, let's get Richard Clark up here on the line. We've gone a little bit over here. Uh, but let me tell you about Spence Automotive. Uh, Keith Spence and Spence Automotive is where I get my car services absolutely positively where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building. Now that's next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots. Spence Automotive is owned by local sports riding legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car service or when you need new tires and tell him the Brian Hanks show sent you. And as I like to say when I pull my, my good friend Richard Clark up here on the line with me too, tell him Richard Clark sent you too, right? Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Man, I missed talking to you on Tuesday, but I was in recovery mold from uh, – from Vegas over the weekend, so uh, we took Tuesday off. But, dude, thank you for uh, joining us here Thursday in our first hour. We we moved things around a little bit because, dude, the NBA season starts a week from tomorrow. We still got two more divisions to go on our uh, ceiling floor. Yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> rock and roll indeed, dude. Oh, my goodness, man. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I do. We're, yes, we're going to talk NBA. I know we, we start with other stuff first. But I've, I've got to, uh, to uh, pick your brain about uh, ECU and Charlotte. Your alma mater versus my alma mater. This Saturday, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, the first time they're going to meet each other in conference play. And uh, sad to I say. I think it's worth noting here that we need to reevaluate what exactly it was. You said their record was going to be going into this game. <sighs> because I seem to recall somebody talking about seven and five. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I might have the, those of us, those of us. Yeah. You got, you got <laughs> new car smell syndrome. <laughs> those of us that have been around this program for 30 years are like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> I know dude. My, my feelings are hurt. A little bit. There've been, there've been a couple of losses there that I didn't think was going to happen. I, I, I told you they you. wouldn't win it. Right. I yeah, told you they never did. went down there You did, or Tulane. We never went down there either. I don't know why. I mean, we've had good teams go down there and lose. So, well, I've got to ask you, dude. One in five right now, as is Charlotte. Both of them, uh, one in five. Although 
Vegas is really excited about uh, about it. Well, not excited, but they've got a lot of faith in ECU this weekend as they've got them established. As I've seen the spread from seven all the way up to eight points, but I think it's sitting right at about seven and a half right now. I, I don't know. You man. know what they ought to do? It's a must win, though, is it not? If you want to go to a bowl game, if you bowl game. <laughs> Dude, I, they're playing for jobs now. Really? That's what this is. Okay. Make no mistake. And I, I don't know that it matters. Here's what I was going to say. What we ought to do in this game is like 20 minutes before the game, they ought to switch coaching staff. <laughs> okay. They just see what happens. more interesting, wouldn't it? Right. Right. And they call the plays from their playbook so nobody knows what they're doing. Kind of look the same, really, but <laughs> – here is my Because I watched Charlotte play. I like Charlotte's coach. Charlotte's coach looks like he just got off the track there. You know, the beginning of Days of Thunder when they go out there and they yes. get Robert Devon. That's what their coach looks like he was doing. Dude, I like him too, and I think he's you know he's doing things the right way. No idea what kind of coach he is. Let me let me say that I have no idea if he's good or not. Me either, dude. And on top of that, too, on top of what you just said right there, too. This is a Charlotte team that gave Maryland all they could handle earlier this year. I actually watched a, a, a chunk of that game, and if I was Charlotte was up, and I wish I had it right here in front of me, but Charlotte was up at halftime, and I believe they led, maybe even going into the fourth quarter. Maryland pulled away because you know, well, Maryland is a big team, Big Ten squad. But the the difference to me right now between Charlotte and ECU is that Charlotte has actually shown a little bit of promise this year. Yes, both of them are one in five, but. Using that EC or uh, using that Maryland game as an example, they have had moments where they've looked good. And ECU, I got to tell you, man, the only time they've looked good was when they played an FCS team and ran Gardner Webb off the field in a forty-four to nothing win. As I said, but here we go with the best offensive play that they had in that last game was the quarterback was scrambling and threw back across his body, and the guy caught it and went about twenty yards, and that's all they did all night. Wow. I mean, what's that tell you? Yeah. I don't – look, forget about what my bias is on this and whatever, whatever. What is the plan on their offense? What are you trying to do? Are you trying to run the ball? Are you trying to throw the ball? What are you trying to do? I can't tell. I've seen all season of this, and I have no idea what their actual plan is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you get get a Texas Tech coach out there, you know what they're trying to do. They're trying to throw the ball. You get – most most Nick Saban teams, this one's a little bit different. But you know they're trying to establish the line of scrimmage. I don't know what this ECU's offense identity is. Now, I will say, to his credit, the defense is better than it's been in a couple decades. Yeah. But the offense is abysmal. Wow. And I, I, it's just like the NFL. You're telling me this is the best quarterbacks we could find? I tell you, I, I, put a pin in that because I, yeah, I let's actually, not get no, down no, no, that no, road. No, 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 we are going to go down that road, but I want to stay with ECU for a moment. But I'm with you. Here's what confuses me about ECU. Now, hey, listen, let's establish everybody. We're not just sitting here throwing darts and being cruel. You're an alum. I'm a season ticket holder. We both are invested in ECU. We both are. I mean, again, that's where you got your college education. I put my money into. It. In fact, I just bought ECU basketball season tickets, dude. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I know. Danny Rice, You're man. a glutton. <laughs> Danny Rice, uh, you know, he's Mr. Pirate Club here in Kinston, and uh, he's hard to say no to, man. I mean, I don't, you've met him before, haven't you, or have you? I have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying then? I mean, uh, Danny's a good guy, and he ble- you cut him, and he bleeds uh, pirate purple, and 
purple and gold. And man, when he gets it, not gets in your face, that makes it sound like he's trying to be intimidating. But when he tries to sell you, you, you have to say, yes, he's just that guy, you know, but, right. but, uh, uh, here's my point about that. It confuses me about ECU at the end of last season. You know, you, the, you guys, you go to a bowl game and there is actually talk around the nation of people wanting to hire Mike Houston, you know? And I mean that. I mean, they were trying to hire Mike Houston. Uh, I know, was it Georgia interested in him in a coordinator position? Or it was an SEC team. Maybe it was Ole Miss. Uh, somebody's listening right now. Hit me up and let me know who it was. But uh, anyway, my point is, how do you go from in the offseason, you're about to lose your coach, to you're one in five and people are calling for his head now, Rich? Well, first of all, I didn't see those reports. And maybe if he was a defensive coordinator, maybe that was what that was, um, to be fair. Because, yeah, yeah. like I said, they are performing very well on defense. Um, but the offensive coordinator has got to be gone for sure, right? So even if you're going to keep Houston, you, you're going to have to get a new offensive coordinator. I mean, because it's been abysmal. Um, and I, and I, I, I'm sorry to hear that for any of the ECU people because it's kind of – the same song except on the different side of the ball. Usually it's the defense that's the problem for ECU, but not now. No. Well, anyway, like I said. And, I'm, and I'm, to your question. Yeah, go ahead. To your question, that's that's the that's the, uh, the suddenness of a coaching. You know, you stay one year too long or leave one year too early, whatever the case may be, you've seen it happen time and time again where, you know, they were the hot one and then they stayed too long and they weren't. You know, that's the only reason I don't get too mad at these coaches for bouncing around the way they do, because it can be gone in an instant. I got to tell you this, uh, Jason Bryant just chimed in. He'll be joining me here live in the studio in a little bit, but he said, Richard just pulled a Jim Mora on you. Bowl game. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. That was actually pretty good. Well, let me ask you this, dude. Uh, Let's get your official prediction on this, dude. Uh, uh, ECU versus Charlotte, two o'clock, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, dude, if if they've got any hopes, and I know you you scoffed at me earlier uh, with bowl game, I still think, dude, it's possible. I think there is a road to five and one down the stretch here, and finishing six and six, and making it to a bowl game. And I'm I'm not just being a homer and saying that, dude. I really do. But they lose this game. I, I think this is a, a harbinger game for them. Let, let me give my pick first here, Rich. I think it's a it really is it's a line of demarcation game for uh, ECU. You win this game, hey, you're two and five. You've still got a chance to uh, to make it to a bowl game. You lose this game, there, I dude, you've got no chance, in my opinion, of uh, making it to a bowl game. You're one and six, and then you're looking at potentially, dude, two and ten, three and nine, and uh, and I think the heat, I think that flame gets a little bit hotter under Mike Houston. There, uh, your thoughts? Uh, what happens this weekend against the 49ers of Charlotte? Well, if I'm looking at the information correctly, this is going to be six to three. <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't think either team could score. I just looked at Charlotte. And I, I, like I said, I've only seen them flipping around, you know, so I didn't know if you guys, what you had or not. Yeah. And it looks like they've only scored 28 points once <laughs> all year. And ECU, it's kind of the same. They had that 44 against Gardner Webb that's a, NAI school or whatever they are. <laughs> Sorry, Gardner Webb people. I didn't mean to offend you. You know who's a Gardner Webb grad, don't you? You know him. Um, it's it's your boy over in Johnston County, isn't it? Yep, 
Randy Kim yeah. big. That's because he plays soccer. <laughs> no, he played tennis. He played tennis. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, that's he, even better. <laughs> it is, isn't it? He played tennis. And it for speaks Gardner to exactly Wim. what I just said. But anyway, the point being, I don't think either one of these teams can really score. So I'll take ECU 16 to 10. Okay. So you don't think they're going to beat the spread then? No. <laughs> Richard, Richard Clark, Car, uh, Carteret County. Next and I would town. take the under, whatever the under is. I don't even know what it is. I'd take that. See, you're going to make me look that up, man. Uh, stall, stall me for a while. Talk, talk for about 20 seconds here a while. Because now you've got me intrigued. I've got to see, man, what it is. I just think at this point, ECU's got to, if they really want a football program and basketball for that matter, on the men's side, they're going to have to make a splashy hire. That's the only way. Or get really lucky and get the next Shaka Smart or, or um, the, the football coach over in, uh, what's that young guy's name that's lighting it up right now? Not Dion, the other guy. But anyway, yeah. they're going to have to make some big splash okay, the to, make, to move the needle. The over-under is 41.5. Oh, I definitely take the under on that. <laughs> Very good, but yeah, it is. As we sit right here at seven and a half, uh, East Carolina is favored by. Like I said, I think it opened at eight. It dropped down to seven, then it's back up. Uh, that we, we've got that hook, that point, uh, half point hook. So, uh, well, ECU's only scored twenty eight points twice. Once was Gardner Webb, and once was Appalachian State. And Charlotte has only scored. Look, let me see here, y'all, man. <laughs> you scored 24 against South Carolina State, 20 against Maryland, and to your point, 25 against Georgia State, uh, 7, 16 against SMU. Got shut out by Navy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was wow. 14 to nothing yeah. last week. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the I'm waiting for the wishbone and the beer to come back as just a bag for some of these schools because I enjoy watching that. I'm not going to lie. Dude, you would love uh, East Central 2A high school football then, dude, with Wallace Rose Hill and East Dublin and James Keenan, dude. I They basically – somebody told me one time, and I know it's more than this, so don't get on me, Wallace Rose Hill people, but they have more plays in their playbook essentially, but they run three plays, dude, three plays, and they it's basically – we line it up. We're in the veer. We're either, you know, uh, maybe there's a little, a little uh, misdirection, but not a lot. And hey, we're gonna shove it down your throat. It's your, it's your job to try to stop us. And guess what? They put 62 up on Kinston this past week. So that tells you. My high school was really good uh, up until this new coach, and uh, for years won several state championships. And really, they had four plays. They ran a counter left, counter right, power counter. <laughs> And they ran a bootleg pass off of that to the tight end. That's it. No, and I mean, no if you couldn't stop it, man, if you couldn't <laughs> stop it, that's all you saw. That's why. That's why for a long time in my little area, <clears throat> they were tailback. You know, they were tailback school. Yeah. Yeah. Every tailback we had got fifteen hundred yards because that's all they did. That's awesome, man. I love it too, dude. I'm with you. Coach Jimmy Smith, who's listening right now, dude, he loves that too. That's why he coached, and that is what is just great East Central football. Okay, dude, here we go again, man. We've been going for uh, almost 15 minutes, and guess All what? All right. Yeah, I know, man. Uh, real quick, thoughts on NFL, though, before we uh, jump into the NBA. Uh, how surprised were you that in the same week, the 49ers and the Eagles both lose in the same week, including – the 49ers, I'm, I wasn't that shocked about. I really wasn't, dude, with uh, them going to Cleveland. Cleveland's got the best defense. 
But, dude, you could have knocked me over with a feather with the Eagles losing against uh, the New York Jets, dude. It, it will be very interesting to see both teams' reactions this week coming up. Number one, we kind of forget, and especially with, like, my boys because they're so in the public view on, on TV because Stephen A and M love to point it out. But it's a week-to-week lead. You know, one week you look good, the next week you look bad because these guys are really professionals and the difference between – the really good and the really bad is not that much. Um, Brock Purdy looked bad. Yeah. And without, depending on what Debo and McCaffrey, their injuries are, I don't know exactly what the day-to-day is on that. That could be big. I'm curious to see what he looks like coming back because I've been in the camp all along that this guy was making good decisions, but he's surrounded by studs, and those two in particular. The Eagles thing is a little bit different because they haven't looked good all year, but they've been winning. Yeah. Um, and I'm telling you right now, if that Prescott played like Hurts did, it would have been let the lead on every single <laughs> talky talk show that they have on the air now, which I'll be glad when that genre finally dies, by the way. Yeah. Duh. Who are you talking to, man? I mean, I. I don't get it, and that's a, that's a conversation for another day. But dude, yeah, that's you, your Cowboys one. are off this week, man. What what does Richard Clark do when his Cowboys? I mean, I know you'll still be like me and plopped in front of your TV on Sunday afternoon, but uh, it, it it takes a little out of your heart though when your boys aren't playing, doesn't it? Oh uh, yeah, it does. Although this, I was so mad from the performance in San Francisco that I didn't put it on any gear during the game this past game. Nothing. I was so I was still mad. Uh, I just uh, I just thought we showed zero heart. Um, but if somebody in the Texas Dallas Fort Worth triangle wants to um, take Mike McCarthy for a very long dinner ride, please let me know. I will pay for it, or at least give you whatever money I can come up with. It sounds like a Sopranos episode. It's, it's like Celtic Pride. Remember that movie? <laughs> I do, but I never saw it, though, man. I mean, I remember when it came out, but... <laughs> it was terrible. Oh, was it? Yeah. Most yeah. of the time, sports movies are unless Kevin Costner's involved. Hey, Richard... They Clark, are pretty bad. They oh, unless Ke- Dude, you tell me a bad... Well, Kevin that's Costner's a show by movie, itself though. right there. Yeah, it is, man. Dude. We'll save that for the summer. How about that? No, one? Kevin's got probably at least two of the top five, in my opinion. Well, dude, and I'm not talking about Field of Dreams because I don't like that movie. <laughs> uh, for love of the game, man, is the most yes. underrated. Absolutely, it's a. Let me tell you something. You got a girl that you want her to get into baseball. <laughs> you show her that because that's really a love story. It is. It dude, just happens a, to be wrapped around baseball. It's a. I wouldn't call it. A, I was about to say rom com, but there's really it's not. No, it, no. It is. It's a. It's a. It's the a stuff with flick. the daughter yeah, it is yeah. fantastic. That's a really good movie. It really is. Dude. And Bull Durham speaks for itself. Oh, good lord, man! Bull Durham, might, Bull Durham probably is the best all time. But see, I like sports uh, movie. I know you yep. said you don't like Field of Dreams. I love Field of Dreams, man. Nah, uh-uh. <laughs> anyway. I'm out. Hey, dude, let's get into NBA here. Just get into and, it. Uh, hey, any news? As I know, you sent me a text last night, and I didn't realize this. So Reggie is not formally Reggie Bullock. He's not formally signed with the Rockets yet. I'm not exactly sure what that is. I've got conflicting information when I looked it up because I wasn't aware that he signed with them either. 
Um, so I'm not sure exactly. You may need to call Reggie's people to find out what's oh, going well, on. Well, I know. She I mean, has... how are we supposed to get an invite to the island if we can't get a uh, dude? I know. Yes man. or no? I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> but Shams, uh, what I can never say his last name, but Shams, Shams, Shams had announced it, and that's when we did it. I mean, he did it like. At 7.30 one morning while I was in the middle of a show, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can break this here on the show. But you're right. I guess he's not formally signed with them yet, which is uh, – Probably crazy. probably an agreement, which is fine. He's probably still on vacation. Do you, you know how that goes. Got to get the power at the island and all that straight well, up. I'll right. tell you this, though, dude. I just looked up uh, Houston Rockets, and they do. They've got him signed $11 million, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I read, too. So. Wow. You think he'll let me hold a? That's you think he'll let me hold a twenty? I'd t- I'd take a, <laughs> a invite to the island, free travel to it. Now you do know. I don't know if it's going to be free travel, but you know he invited. He sat here in my studio and we talked, and he invited Linda and I to uh, visit it when it gets going. There you go. See. <laughs> I tell you what, man. If I don't take Linda, I'll take you. Okay. Uh, oh, that sounds, that yeah. Sounds weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is. Hey, let's talk uh, a little ceiling floor here. Let's see. For if you'd like to know what Richard Clark has done, we've already done the entire uh, Eastern uh, Conference, the Atlantic, Central, and Southeast. Last week, nine days ago, we could go Tuesday. We did the Northwest. Today, we're going to do the Pacific. We're not going to hammer all those other ones. I think that's what we'll do on this coming Tuesday, dude, is when we're going to, we'll, we'll, well, we won't blow through, but we'll do uh, the uh, Southwest Division uh, pretty quick, and then we'll go back. Because I and let me give you your homework too. I want to go ahead and get uh, playoff teams from you for uh, each conference. I want to get uh, who you think is going to be in the Eastern Conference Final, the Western Conference Finals, and then your NBA champion. And we'll do all that this coming Tuesday. However, like I said, right now let's do uh, the Pacific Division. And I tell you what, dude. Let, let me say this real quick. Please, please. Uh, and I told you this after the show the other day. If anybody wanted to know where things are different in 2023, I'd watch the game where Wimbledon hit a three coming off a screen on a set play. <laughs> then the next time down, they kicked to Chet Holmgren, who hit a three. This is 7-1 and 7-3, and they both hit threes off a pass. This is where the world we live in now. I've never seen anything like it. So, anyway, well, sorry no, to interrupt. No, no, Go no, 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 I loved it. And what you even brought up to me when we were chatting about it earlier was, or off the off the phone, was that uh, that's what – can you imagine if Ralph Sampson would have come along now? Okay, yes. I'm not saying 40 years ago, which is way, way, way before his time. But if Well, Ralph that's what Wimby's got going for him. Yeah. He doesn't have Terry Holland going, Go get on the block because you're the biggest guy out here. The game's different. And now you can do things that you – because I'm telling you right now, Wimbayano's game is a small forward. That's how he plays and moves and all that. He just happens to be seven foot three, which is just insane. Well, so, anyway. I'm telling you, dude, Ralph had – for people who don't remember, and you can help me educate him, dude, Ralph had range, what, to 20 feet? He could legit – shoot a somewhere around the top of the key he he was where his range went to yeah he he wasn't a long range shooter because he was a real jump shooter uh you know he shot the ball with the ball over top of his head um i think a lot if you look now the evolution of the jump shot is they brought it down a lot so that a lot of people push it uh so they can have that range so anyway anyway let's jump into this last year the pacific division uh, surprise, surprise, surprise. Sacramento won last year. They were 48 and 34. 
the Phoenix Suns, who went through a uh, roster overhaul in the middle of the season, were 45 and 37. The Clippers were 44 and 38. The Golden State Warriors were 44 and 38. And last place in the Pacific Division, not that it mattered when the playoffs started or when the playoffs uh, hit, were the Lakers at 43 and 39. So all five teams in the Pacific Division last season separated by five games and uh this is the way vegas has them set right now i did it uh this morning before the show started they've got phoenix uh the over under is 51.5 wins uh so they've got exactly phoenix improving by six or seven games they've got the golden state warriors at 48 wins or 48 and a half wins uh which would be an improvement of four games they've got the lakers finishing third at 47 and a half wins which would be a, a four game improvement They've got the Clippers at 46 and a half games. And how about this? This is one that shocked me the most. I cannot wait to get uh, your thoughts on this, Rich. The team that won the Pacific Division last year, the Phoenix Sun, or I'm sorry, the Sacramento Kings, they've got them in last place in the Pacific Division at 44.5. I guess I got to ask before we even start, dude. I mean, the four divisions we've already done pretty much have, you know, who's going to be at the top, who's going to be at the bottom. Is this the one division in the NBA that really could one to five? Could you would you be shocked if it went any direction one to five uh, it, it, with any of the five teams winning the division, Rich? No, this division has as much up and down possibilities as any. Number one, you're dealing with the probably the most volatile thing in NBA is the health of an aging superstar. Throw out LeBron who. At this point, LeBron really only plays about 50 games anyway. Um, but he's teamed with AD, who many people consider to be the glass man. Look over just across the bench on the other side is the Clippers with Mr. Workload Management himself, Kawhi. Paul George, who knows? He hasn't played more than 65 games in five years. Uh, going down to Phoenix, Kevin Durant hasn't played a, more than 55 games in about four years. So. You just don't know what you're going to get. Golden State, we really think that Clay and Curry and Draymond, with all those miles, are going to play, let's say, 72 games. Probably not, right? Yeah. So I just think there's a, there's a huge up and down with this team. And then you throw in, is Sacramento going to be able to surprise people this year? I, I don't know. So – there's a lot of up and down in this. This I could be way off or way right. <laughs> well, I, it's of all the six divisions in the NBA, this is the one to me that is a complete toss up. And if you said, "Hey, yep. Golden State's going to win it," who's going to argue that? If I said, the "That's Clip, right," if I said the Clippers are going to win it or the Lakers, you'd be like, "Okay." If if you get sixty five games out of Kawhi and Paul together, Paul George together, the Clippers are probably as good as win that division as anybody. Wow. Well, let's the hit. problem is no one knows. Uh, no, I agree. Let's hit ceiling floor. Let's start with the way Vegas has it. They've got Phoenix at 51 and a half. What's your ceiling for uh, Phoenix? What's your floor for Phoenix and why? I, I think that 51 is their ceiling. Okay. Um, given that if Durant plays, I think they're probably looking more like 45 as their floor. Okay. Just because Durant doesn't play that much. And defensively, this team's going to be a mess. So they're going to need – Durant and Beal and Booker's offense all 82 games because I don't know who's going to play defense on this team. Yeah. I, again, I am just uh, with the law. Well, not the loss, but with the trade of Aiton, I kind of like them 
defensively because at least you know he was what he was. But dude, at least you knew you had a solid man in the middle to uh, stop. Uh, say what right. you about Durant, he's one, going to go down in history as one of the best offensive players ever. But he's not exactly known for his defense, Rich. No, but to be fair to Durant, he's been better of late the last three years. I think more out of necessity than anything else. But again, that's a workload. Do you really want to put that on Kevin Durant at his age and the injuries he's had? Because he's had some real injuries. Not like I'm nicked up, LeBron going to sit out two weeks. No, Durant's had the real ones. Wow. You know, ruptured his Achilles, messed up his knee. I mean, real injuries. So well, you got 50, I just think that's a lot to ask. No, no, no. And I agree with you. You got 51 as a ceiling, 45 as a floor. 45. Let's go with the Golden State Warriors, uh, who uh, Vegas has them set at 48 and a half. Ceiling floor for the Warriors there, Rich. I'm going to say that their ceiling is 48 because I just don't think they're going to care one way or the other about their seating. This is a team that just needs to get to the playoff. Yeah. Plus, they have some real questions. You know, are they better? because they got rid of Jordan Poole and added Chris Paul, um, maybe. But you also got another year of Clay and Steph and Curry, I mean, and, and Draymond. Uh, Clay's in a contract year, so maybe he's going to be better. But I watched him last night, and again, it's preseason, but I'm going to say their floor is 42. Okay. Very and their good. ceiling was whatever Vegas had as their. You had 48 as their ceiling. Very yeah, good. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win 50 games. How about the ageless wonder? I mean, and say what you want to, and I've said it many times when you and I have been talking. I've said it many times when uh, anybody will listen to me. I am not a LeBron fan, but I respect him. I mean, and especially, dude, he has been in the league longer than some of the players that are coming in the league right now. Yeah. Dude, I mean, that is crazy, man. Uh, but Vegas has uh, the Lakers. At 47 and a half, what do you got, dude? I'm going to say 50. I think this might wow. be the best team in that division. Okay. Um, depending on, again, LeBron and AD, because I just think they got better. Um, they'll be better when they trade D'Angelo Russell, whenever that comes. Uh, I suspect probably in February. But Reeves is better. He he, he, he made a good uh, run during the World Cup, uh, the World Cup championships. Uh-huh. So I think that's going to be good for him, maybe give him a, a little expanded role, so to speak. Uh, but, again, it comes down to Anthony Davis. But I'm going to say 50 is their ceiling, and I'm going to say 40 is their floor because they've still got LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next up are the L.A. Clippers. And uh, of all these teams, dude, I, I'm agree- I agree wholeheartedly with what you said a couple of minutes ago, dude. If they're two stars – if they're healthy and they can both play 70 games, you said 65, I would say 70. Dude, would you be at all shocked if the Clippers won the Pacific Division? No, I wouldn't. The problem is I don't think they'll get even remotely close to that. Okay. And and that's the problem. So I think I'm going to say they're, they're at 47 is their ceiling and probably 40, 41 is their floor. Let's <laughs> say 40. Okay. I just don't trust that they're going to play. Yeah. Um. You know, and Kawhi's a year older, so so your degenerative knees get better. No, that's not going to happen. Um, I think what they're really doing there is they got that new stadium coming, and they you look at their books, they got Kawhi for another two years and Paul George for another two years, so I think they're just going to ride it out, yeah. and then they'll re-blow it up and start over. 
I got to ask you, man, did you see, may, you know, dude, you send me so many things, and I appreciate it when you do, but you may have been the one that sent this to me, but if you weren't, maybe I'm breaking news to you. Did, have you seen the NBA owner's uh, net worth? Have you seen that uh, graphic? I have not. <laughs> Steve Ballmer is worth, like, I, I believe if I've got this right, more than $100 billion, dude. Not a hundred million dollars, a hundred billion dollars. Mm. The next uh, one was Phoenix, who was like at seventeen billion dollars, dude. So, well, go ahead. They, I'm. You have to be now to be in that, you know, because <laughs> a franchise don't cost you a billion now. Yeah, but still, you know? but still, a hundred billion dollars, dude. I mean, yeah, but you know how that goes. That's inflated so much these days with the way uh, they count. Invisible dollars, I guess, is the way to say it. So, uh, who knows? I, I, to your point, I saw a stat the other day. I was reading something that said that um, Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, um, it was Dylan Brooks, maybe, and somebody else. These four guys that hadn't really done anything, they're young, got extensions. The extensions were worth a billion dollars between them, right? God. So, it got me curious as the payrolls. And, man. You wouldn't believe some of these payrolls for some of these guys. Um, that being said, the point of that is even Balmer doesn't want to be in that second tier luxury tax. No, because it's just it's basically a two for one. Yeah, but so what, you know, if you're worth a hundred billion dollars, Rich, does it matter to you that you have to pay a, a luxury tax of I don't know twenty uh, five million? What's twenty five million oh, to somebody? Oh, it would be more billion? than that. It, it would probably be more than that. It'd probably be like 125. Oh, okay. okay. Um, yeah. But even that, you, yes or no, if you bought the team and you just bought the team so you can have it on your portfolio and take people to games, you probably don't care. But if you bought the team and you want to win, you probably care. And Ballman looks like he cares. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So at what point do you go as a businessman that's got $100 million in the bank? Do you $100 billion, I'm sorry. Yeah. You look around and go, wait a minute now. So what you're telling me is I'm going to pay $125 million in extra money for this roster, and we can't get out of the second round? There you go. That, that's where I, I know was if it was me. That, dude. That's where I was yeah. going with that, yeah. I mean, because these guys are, you know, that, that's, that's part of the fun with some of these owners is they're successful people, at least financially, outside of basketball or, or any sport for that matter. Yeah. And then they get into these sports, and they think that that's going to transfer their their business savvy is going to transfer, and it simply does not. It does not. Ever. Okay, last team in the Pacific Division is, which is crazy, the Sacramento Kings, who oh I don't know won the Pacific Division last year, but this year Vegas hasn't pegged at forty four and a half victories. Uh, they're over under, dude. That that's the one that blew my mind out of all these, dude. Well, they had a lot of injury luck last year. They, they didn't have a lot of injuries to their guys until the end, ironically, um, which hurt them in the playoffs. So I'm going to say that's pretty close, I think. I think 45 is probably their ceiling because I don't think they're going to sneak up on anybody this year. That being said, they got the best home court advantage in the league. Yep. So, you know, they play really well there. And if they can put up a, I don't know, 38-3 record at home, then all of a sudden you're looking at much more than 44 wins. So – I'm going to say 44 their ceiling and 40 is their floor. Okay. Because I think this team is pretty good. And I think they're a move away from being really good. This is crazy. So, uh, according I know. To, no, no, no. But, hey, 
it's kind of like how it finished last year. You've got Phoenix uh, ceiling floor, 51 wins, 45 losses. Or I'm sorry, 51 wins as their ceiling, 45 wins as their floor. You've got uh, you've actually got the Lakers finishing second then, uh, 50 and 40. Uh, Golden State 48-42, uh, the Clippers 47-40, and then the Sacramento Kings 44-40. and uh, Is that how you got it, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, L.A.? Yeah, we'll Golden go with State. that. Yeah. I think I think the, the Lakers are the best team in this division. However, the regular season is what it is. Yeah. And I think that Phoenix, if Durant's healthy, will win a lot of games, you know, 128 to 118. Um, but we'll see how that plays out. Like I said, more than any other division in, in the NBA, this division relies on older older superstars. And at this point, you just don't know what you're going to get from those guys. Well, there you go. Well, I tell you what, we've done five divisions, and we're saving the best for last, in my opinion, because we've got both our local guys. We'll be doing that on Tuesday uh, in uh, Richard Clark's regular appearance on Tuesday. Dude, thank you for making time, man. I mean, you're our Tuesday guy. You made time to talk to me here on Thursday I appreciate you. Can't wait to wrap everything up. And we'll do also uh, all your preseason awards, too, uh, on Tuesday's show. Dude, I promise we will talk just two minutes on ECU on Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, and then we'll just – because we will have a lot of NBA talk to uh, wrap up on uh, on Tuesday's show. Dude, thank you so much, man. Hey, thanks for having me. There you go. That's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Sitting across from me right now, the, the clean-shaven – uh he smells good it's jason bryant he'll be joining me here in the second hour of the brian hank show presented by lenore community college along with ali warnock and stacy heath here on 960 betonthebull.com